Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Quarter earlier today with Abra Plata Resources. I spoke to their CEO, John Miniotis, and also uh, Chief Geologist uh, Dave O'Connor. And if you want our thoughts on that conversation, the project, uh, and the company, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports, uh, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. Uh, there are training videos. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Gentlemen, hello. Hi, Matt. Nice to be here. Good morning. Thanks very much for having us. Okay, so we've got, we've got John and Dave. Um, uh, you're about to tell us your story. I'm looking forward to this one. It's a new one to us. I've not spoken to either of you before, but we've worked out before we started that uh, Dave is used to live in my part of the world. We're, sw- we're swapping landmark notes, aren't we? Very good. There's, there's more, but we'll talk technical, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, look, um, what we do here is um, we just ask you, John, if I may, just kind of kick off with a one-minute overview of the business, and then we'll kind of pick it up from there. Perfect. Sounds great. So, so Abra Plata is a, a very well-funded silver gold focused exploration company. So our flagship property is called Diablilos. It's located in the mining friendly uh, province of Salta in Argentina. Um, so it's, it's quite an advanced stage project. So we've had over $40 million spent historically on exploration. Um, and the company acquired the project from SSR mining back in 2016. Uh, so as I mentioned, at the moment, we're, we're fully cashed up, so very strong uh, balance sheet. So we have about $18 million uh, of cash in the bank. Um, and our focus, uh, I'd say, for, for this year is really just to continue to, to drill aggressively and expand uh, the, the existing resource base. So there's, you know, there's currently quite a large resource base at site, uh, so we have an indicated resource uh, totaling over 140 million ounces on a silver equivalent basis. Um, and I think, you know, importantly, we're demonstrating that, that the project definitely has a significant potential to, to continue to grow further. So I'd say, you know, this year we've, we've expanded our exploration program several times uh, based on, on the good success Dave and his team have, have had already. Um, and so at the moment, we're undertaking a 13,000 meter drill program, which is about 50% complete. Um, and the goal is, is to really, you know, define a larger resource, come up with an updated resource uh, by the end of, of Q1 2021, uh, and then we'll roll that into an updated PA uh, sometime uh, mid next year, uh, which should hopefully show you know very strong economics uh, for this project. Okay, thanks, John. Look, um, just looking back at the history of the company, you know, it's been around what 2016 or so, um, you know, was much liked back then of looking at the charts anyway, but then it's been a slow decline. You've been there, well, you and Dave have been there just over a year. Um, things have changed. Why is that? Is that just a factor of the silver market being strong or have you come at this story a different way? Yeah, no. So um, you're right. We should address the history. So the company, as I mentioned, acquired the project from SSR back in 2016. Um, so at that time, it was an Argentinian-based management team focused down in Buenos Aires. Um, and of course, you know, their their goal was similar as ours, obviously, to, to grow the project. Unfortunately, Silver hit, you know, some turbulent times there. They weren't really able to successfully raise money. And so Abra Plata, under the former team, essentially ran out of cash. 
so Dave and myself were actually running another company called Athon Minerals, which was a spin out of, of Altius uh, that was created back in 2018. We spent a year and a half looking for new acquisition opportunities. So Dave at that time was based down in Chile. Um, and so, yeah, with, with the assistance, uh, the technical assistance of the, the Altius team, I mean, you know, we signed over 30 different CAs. We did due diligence, extensive due diligence on a number of opportunities. But I'd say, you know, from, from the onset, the Diablilos project really stood out as being one, one of the, the better opportunities, uh, if not the best opportunity uh, that, that was available. Um, they, as I mentioned, they had run out of cash. Athon had a bit of cash on the balance sheet. So we decided to combine the two companies together. Um, and so we merged the two companies back in December of 2019. And, um, you know, since then, I mean, we've taken a, a much more aggressive approach. So we immediately hit the ground running. We started a, a 3000 meter drill program even before the, the merger was officially closed. Um, and so, you know, we came out with some, some good drill results, uh, right, right from the, from the gates, um, were able to successfully raise some money. And then this summer as, as silver and gold prices improved, uh, and we've came out with some good results, we raised $25 million. And so now we're, we're fully funded, fully cashed up, um, and continuing to, to aggressively move this forward. I get all that, but I'm, I, what I'm trying to do with these conversations partially is also learn. And I'm trying to understand, was that change in, in, in attitude? I know you say you're very aggressive, but was it, were people listening to you because, you know, Argentina came back in favor because it had been out of favor as so an investment jurisdiction, you know, changes of government, et cetera. Was it because, you know, the price of silver looks like it might be starting to move finally, having been some dawdling for a while? Or was it a case of you bringing some scale to the opportunity? I mean, why were people, why did people start to listen to you at the end of 19, beginning of 20? For sure. Uh, so, so as I mentioned, I mean, we hit the ground running. I think that the big difference is in the past, as I mentioned, I mean, Aberplatt had run out of cash. So they weren't, there was no active drill campaign. So as an exploration story, I mean, it's hard to, you know, uh, get behind a story that's not really actively drilling. So with the merger, we cleaned up the balance sheet situation. We immediately, you know, focused on adding value through the drill bit. Um, and so we, we aggressively started drilling. We brought money to the table. Um, and then, of course, as you know, we executed on that front um, and silver prices and, and gold prices rose this summer, um, we were able to, you know, uh, raise a, a significant amount of, of money and really de-risk the story from, from that standpoint. Okay, so we'll get, we'll get to that. But where did your original money come from to allow you to get, you know, start with the drill bit and get some results, which may engender, you know, positive yeah. conversations down the line? So Athon Minerals. So we were running Athon. We had about $2 million of cash on the bank. And so we merged the two companies. Uh, and then we used that money uh, to, to start the 3,000-meter the drill program. But you're currently sitting on four assets, right? But you're focused on um, the northernmost in the in, in one of the sort of better mining jurisdictions in Argentina. Um, that was their asset. That was Aberplatt as that. So did you have did you inherit any data with which to inform your drilling? I mean, what did you buy? Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No. So Diablos had over you know. $40 million spent on exploration. There was a PA study. So we went through that data in, in a lot of detail. Uh, so as we've spent about six months in total doing due diligence on this asset. So we looked at the, the PA study in a lot of detail. We actually created our own geological model. Um, and really we were focused on the upside. So where can we grow this resource? Um, and so, you know, we, we found a number of targets, the ones that, that we're currently exploring. 
So beneath the existing resource, there's a high-grade gold zone. That was the immediate focus. Um, and Dave's our, our chief geologist. He can walk you through some some of the other exploration opportunities uh, that we've come across since then. But certainly, we you know we had access to the entire data room. Right. Okay. But, but, I might just add that um, uh, part of our review, uh, we were trying to make sure that there were no fatal flaws. So we carried out and um, we, we we collected eight samples for metallurgical test work because that we thought that could be a problem. It's not. Our, our results came back uh, even better than those used in the preliminary economic evaluation. So that gave us a lot of confidence to carry ahead with the merger. Okay, but two million bucks is not a lot of cash. So you've got to be very precise and very clear what you spend that on, because if you get it wrong, it's going to be hard. Yep. It would have been hard to raise capital. So absolutely. what was the debate there? Again, I'm just trying to, just trying to learn the thinking process of a junior miner. Yeah, no, so so it was definitely, we, we were aggressive right out the gate. So we said, look, these are the targets. These are the immediate uh, high priority targets that we want to explore. So just beneath the existing resource base, we found there was a number of historically very high grade gold intercepts that were never followed up on. So that, that was the immediate target. So we had Dave uh, initiate sort of a 3000 meter drill program. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, if, if that wasn't successful, um, it, yeah, certainly, uh, we, we didn't have years worth of cash to, to fall back on. So that, that was a critical exploration campaign. And thankfully, the, the initial three results, Dave certainly hit it out of the park. Uh, so came back even better than expected. And on the back of that, we generated the, the needed momentum to, to raise more capital. Did you know what you, so probably one for you, Dave, I mean, did you know what you were going after? I mean, you've got silver, you've got gold. I mean, how much data did you have? We had a lot of information. There's been over 300 holes drilled on the Oculto itself. So we had a, a lot of information, and, and in particular with regard to the silver resource, that was pretty well drilled out and is pretty well drilled out. But there we potential to expand the gold resource, which is beneath the silver resource. The gold resource is at a, bit, a depth of around about 250 meters below the surface. And um, so we said, right, we'll try and expand the gold resource. Um, and uh, right now there's 730,000 ounces of, of gold in the, in the oxide resource. And we're trying to expand that to over a million in this first stage. Uh, our initial drilling uh, got, um, I think we got um, uh, seven meters of, of 20 grams per ton uh, gold with associated copper uh, underneath the, the known resource. Um, and so we, we said, yes, well, there is potential for a great deal of gold down at depth and uh, a long strike at around about 250 meters below the surface. So that's, what, that's one of the targets we're chasing now. And I could go on to the um, to the copper potential. Well, I mean, well. Talk, to, talk to me about the copper because you know, again, we've had questions sent in. People are interested in as to how much you know about the copper, and because you haven't drilled that much at the moment, it might be a bit early to go with that. But what are you seeing? What are the signs? As I say, what we're trying to do is expand the oxide gold resource so that we can uh, increase the, the the resource for the um, for the for the mill for the cyanidation process, but. While we're doing that, we're drilling through the oxide and into the sulfides. The underlying sulfide gold is associated with copper sulfides. And so uh, we've got some spectacular hits in the copper sulfides. For example, there's the 15 meters of 5% uh, copper with two and a half grams gold. Um, and uh, you know, that's, that, that's pretty exciting, but that's in a chalcosite enrichment zone. Uh, and beneath that, uh, there are additional copper resources or, or copper intercepts 
we've got a couple of intercepts um, in what's the chalcopyrite zone, which is the primary sulfides. Um, and um, there's uh, two intercepts, each of around about 30 meters of uh, one is 1.3% copper and one is 1.1% copper in the same hole. So that goes down to some depth beneath the, um, the known zone of mineralization from previously. Okay, there's probably one for you, John, because again, it's just some, this journey you've been on. You, it's been pretty, pretty impressive in the sense that you've, you're able to go and raise additional money quite quickly. You got the first tranche of you know five million. Eric Spock put three of that in. You've gone and raised uh, yeah, further. I think it was eighteen million. Um, nine point nine of which came from Eric Sprott. So, one, what's the relationship with Eric Sprott, and what are you telling him? Yeah, no. So, so first off, I mean, we're extremely delighted to have Eric Sprott's interest. So, yeah, no, he's, he's currently our largest shareholder. So, he owns about sixteen percent of the company. Um, so, yeah, no, he came in initially in the July financing, which we raised money at eleven and a half cents, and then he wanted to do a subsequent raise, uh, put in more money at at much higher valuation, so at twenty seven cents. So, you know. Um, but yeah, but really, why? What, what Eric, yeah, what Eric saw in this property is as we were delivering on the draw results, as I mentioned, this already has a large existing resource base. So, you know, 140 million ounces equivalent, uh, silver equivalent basis. Um, but we were certainly demonstrating that this has the potential to, to grow significantly larger than that. So, you know, as the draw results were coming in, um, clearly uh, highlighting that there's a number of high grade targets here on the property. And so, you know, uh, and significant leverage. I mean, just based on the existing resource alone, if silver price moves up a dollar, um, the NPV of the project increases by $30 million. Uh, so clearly shows you for, for a company with a $100 million enterprise value, I mean, you get significant torque to both the gold and silver prices. And, and you know, it, it's de-risked given that, you know, the, the existing PA shows that we already have an economic project using only $1,300 gold and $20 silver. So you're kind of getting best of both worlds. You have significant upside potential, but on the downside, you're, you're protected because you already have a, a resource, a defined resource that, that works at much lower prices. Okay, but it, as soon as you close that first tranche, you immediately announce a second, going after a second raise. Is it, again, is it just a reflection of what Silver was doing at the time? And, you know, why, why did Eric go again? So, so it was a, re a reflection of Eric's interest, I think, as a CEO of a company. I mean, if you get a call saying, look, Eric really likes your project, wants to become your largest shareholder. I mean, you'd certainly be doing a disservice for, for your company uh, if you were to, you know, balk at, at that offer. And so we were not looking for, for money at that time. We were focused on delivering, coming out with, with good results. Uh, but the demand was certainly there, and we're more than happy to, you know, accommodate that demand. I'd say now, though, I mean, the the focus is clearly we're we're fully fully cashed up for, you know, really for the foreseeable future, likely probably until a, a construction decision. Um, so there's no need at this stage. I mean, it was, um, you know, uh, very clear that look, we can raise this money. This can take us, you know, well through our current drill program, we can come out with a PA and then focus on on a feasibility study as the next stage. So, you know, the decision was made, look, let's raise the money now and then existing shareholders won't have the risk of sort of being diluted unnecessarily down the road. Well, let me ask you about that because what I'm, what I'm interested in is the decision-making that you guys go through, okay? Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested that you've said, you know, we're fully funded through to uh, construction. 
why not retain the optionality of uh, seeing what you discover through the trill bit. You've got 18 million bucks here. You've got Eric um, Sprott as a major shareholder. And if you continue to deliver, then you know you could just keep drilling for a while. I mean, why, why are you going for that kind of quick decision? Are you unsure of the silver market? Do you want to get get this done and dusted and flip it? I mean, what, what's the what's the plan here? What's your plan? No, so so the strategy here. I mean, yeah, I can walk you through sort of the the timeline in a bit more uh, detail here, just so you have a, a better understanding sort of, of of the longer term time horizon. But yeah, I'd say for Diabolos, the immediate focus is on uh, finalizing the 13,000 meter drill program, which you said will likely be sometime early next year. So we'll call it February. Um, at that stage, you know, uh, we'll roll that into, into a PA study by middle of next year. Um, and then, you know, by middle of 2021, say we can make a decision we want to advance straight to a feasibility study or, or you know, go, go through a, a PFS. Uh, but, you know, assuming we continue to, to aggressively move this forward, um, you know, we could aggressively start baseline study work uh, for, for permitting, start the feasibility study uh, by middle of next year. And we would likely have that completed by, say, the end of 2022. So really within a two-year time frame here, the Abuelos could be a, a much larger project that already is at that construction decision point. And I think that's that's our you know main focus is, is getting it to that stage. And why is that? Because you want to create some kind of revenue, which you then reinvest into developing out the rest of the project? Or are you looking at the other three assets that you've got? I mean, why, why the rush? Why are you skipping? Why are you thinking about skipping a pre-feasibility stage, for instance? Well, because so this would be our second and, and optimized PA. So even though this would not be considered a, a PA study, I mean, it'd be much more advanced stage than, than other, you know, your, your first time PA study. So Dave's already doing, you know, expanding the work on hydrology, on met, you know, doing some met, additional met test work uh, beyond what was done in the first PA study. Um, so this study is really quite an advanced uh, PA level, uh, I would say. And I mean, we've demonstrated already from the first study that just based on the existing resource, this is already an economic project. And so you wanna move that forward. It's one of the few, I'd say, silver gold uh, opportunities that can be built in the current cycle. So there's no sense of you know taking a go slow approach. I mean, we're in this to maximize shareholder value. And I think the best way for, for a company of our size to do that is to, to drill and advance the project um, aggressively. Yeah, we're seeing a few companies who are using a very similar um, business model in terms of trying to keep the capex low, keep the, you know, the opex low by getting into production sooner rather than later and, and using that cash flow to build out. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just, just wondered what, why you were planning that as a solution yeah. for what you've got. There's no, no other reasons other than you can. Yeah, and I'd say just to clarify that. So our goal, as I mentioned, by the end of 2022, is not the end of construction, it's a construction decision point. So at that stage, you can commence construction. And now whether that's something that, that we would do, um, or you know, at that stage, that could be an opportunity to potentially monetize the asset. You either sell the, the asset or the company outright, or you bring in a, a strategic partner to help you with, with construction and ultimately into production. Uh, that, that's a decision that will have to be made uh, at that stage, I'd say. Well, are you mind builders? Not at the moment, no, no. So really, the the focus, the background of the company is 
M&A, corporate development, which is my focus and, and the majority of, of our current board uh, members, and exploration. Of course, we have Dave, uh, you know, in his capable hands. He has a, a team there down at site um, that, you know, a good track record of, of adding value through the drill bit. I think we're demonstrating that at the moment. But yeah, really at the moment, it's exploration and corporate development is, is the, the skill set of the existing uh, company. Okay, again, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, new and old silver projects have come into the market to tell their story um, in the last 12 months. Um, some good, some not so good. Um, what's your take on the market at the moment? Because obviously you've had the election uh, over, and, over and done with, but you still have this huge quantitative easing program which has gone on and potentially will need to go on. Is that part of your thesis? Yeah, no. So, so I'd say there's actually quite quite a scarcity of projects that are economic at current prices, or even you know uh, lower prices than, than we currently have at the moment. So we see Diablos as being one of the very few because of that forty million dollars that's been spent historically by SSR and previous operators. I mean, we're in the fortunate position that this is not a new discovery where we need to spend the next five years here trying to define this. This is quite an advanced exploration project. Um, that has the, the opportunity to, to grow further. Um, and so, yeah, we see this as being one of the few projects that are actually, you know, economic at, at $20 silver and $1,300 gold. Um, so we, we really see that as, you know, being to our advantage. This project has been de-risked along the years. Um, and so we're taking over at this stage. And, you know, our, our approach is really to, to be aggressive and, and move this forward as, as quickly as possible. Okay, so 2021, just about drilling, lots of results, no dilution, um, and then enter 2022 with the ability to make a construction decision. Is that, is that the plan? Simple as that. Correct. Yeah, so 2021, we'll have the PA study by, by middle of next year. And then from there, I mean, the drilling could go on, but you know, you have to draw a line in the sand at some stage in terms of when you come out with your updated resource. So updated resource early 2021, PA study by, by middle of that year. And then at that stage, of course, we're going to have to make a, a the board will have to make a decision um, if we're, you know, being as aggressive as possible would likely go straight into a feasibility study. Um, and then, you know, that could be completed, say, by, by the end of 2022. So within a two year time period. Okay. As John mentioned, uh, we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere with regard to developing a resource you know, to support a, a new uh, preliminary economic evaluation. Uh, but that doesn't mean to say that, that that's going to be the end of the potential of the project to expand the resources. I can very well see that uh, in the sand and say, okay, let's let's calculate, the, let's estimate the resource now to support the P and the PFS, and then um, move on to exploration drilling on the satellite properties and to expand the potential of the open pit. Uh, and we're actually doing that right now. We're, we're drilling. Uh, to, to look at a northeast expansion of, of, of the current Whittle Pit margins. Okay, I mean, that, that was the question, which was, you know, what, what's more important to you, the resource uh, expansion or getting into production? And you're, I guess you're trying to get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, yeah, I would say the, the two are not, thankfully, they're not really mutually exclusive. So, you know, right now we're, we're focused on, on doing both at the same time. So, as you mentioned, the priority for this year, for sure, is drilling, completing that drill program. But at the same time, behind the scene, uh, Dave and his team are successfully executing. So as I mentioned, there's some study work being done that, that's really going to feed into the, the PA study. So I'd say we're, we're probably ahead of the curve uh, from that front. So the, the goal is to expand the resource and you know be able to, to get the stage uh, where this is a 
construction ready project uh, as, as quickly as possible. Right. Okay. And if you do the that, Akulto that, resource, uh, the Akulto resource on which the open pit, uh, the Whittle pit has been uh, estimated mm -hmm. is, is one particular zone, which is about a kilometer long, but uh, it's open ended to the Northeast. And that the metal prices of today, of the silver and gold prices of today, is potential to expand the Whittle Pit uh, to the northeast. And there is a drill hole, for example, uh, about 400 meters uh, northeast of the pit boundary, where there's 25 meters of 3.9 grams per ton gold hanging out there. And uh, we're drilling now to try and connect the dots in that direction to try and develop a, a, an extra resource. But as John said, we have to draw the line in the sand somewhere. You do, and you've also got three other assets. So what happens with those? Yeah, yeah. So the much earlier stage assets at this stage, so clearly Diablos is, is the crown jewel, and that's the one receiving all the attention uh, at the moment. But certainly the, the other assets, uh, you know, within a longer time period horizon, clearly I think have the, the potential to give us significant returns. Uh, so in Chile, uh, we have our Arcus property. Um, that uh, we signed a... a option agreement with Rio Tinto about a year ago now. Um, so that's a very large sort of 50,000 hectare land package, uh, multiple copper gold porphyry targets on the property. Um, and so, you know, we could think of no better partner than, than Rio Tinto really. Uh, they're, they're the ideal partner to hopefully make a discovery there. So, um, you know, uh, at the moment they're sort of in lockdown because of COVID, there's been some delays with getting the, the initial drill program going. But we're, we're hopeful within, you know, the near term here, uh, they'll be able to commence a drill program at Arcus. Uh, so that property is in very capable hands. Ultimately, we'd be left with a minority interest um, if Rio Tinto chooses to, to exercise and earn into 75% of that project. Uh, we also have a similar stage project on the Argentinian side of the border in San Juan province. Again, a very mining friendly province in Argentina. Uh, that one's called La Cuepita. We picked that up earlier this year. Uh, and again, a very large land package, 50,000 hectares, a number of targets, copper porphyry, again, uh, potential copper gold targets um, that was previously owned by tech. Um, and, and we picked that up um, earlier this year. We have an option agreement there. Again, the focus there is to bring in a major. So you want a major who has the funding capability and, and expertise to potentially make a large porphyry discovery on that project. And we could be left with a minority interest. Um, and then we're, as I mentioned, I mean, sort of corporate development M&A is kind of in our DNA. Uh, so we're continuing to, continuing to look for, for new asset opportunities. We just recently picked up another project that's earlier stage again called uh, Santo Domingo in the San Juan province in Argentina. And there we could potentially uh, be drilling that one on our own sometime in later 2021. Okay, so there's a kind of portfolio component to this as, as well. Um, how are you finding operating in Argentina? I mean, something, some people are nervous about being able to get money out of the country. I guess that's not a problem for you initially, but at some point, um, you're going to have to either, well, you're going to have to solve that problem. Yeah, no, so I'd say the most important thing for, for investors to understand about Argentina is really that the provinces are extremely highly autonomous. Uh, so for the most part, they each have their own set of mining regulations. Um, and so you have uh, very mining friendly provinces that welcome mining with open arms. Salta and San Juan are, are two of, you know, top tier uh, for sure. Um, we like to say Salta is like the equivalent of Nevada in, in the US. So you have, you know, um, a pr 
provincial government that welcomes mining with with open arms, uh, certainly community capability as well. Um, and so, you know, where we're at, there, there, there's certainly no issues. I mean, at Diablos, we're surrounded by lithium operations. Um, and we also have Fortuna Silver, which just completed construction of a $300 million project themselves in the province. That's a Lindero project. And it's, a, it's a gold, um, you know, mine at the moment. So, you know, we have a number of examples as well, where you have First Quantum, where they spent over $500 million uh, buying the Takataka property um, in Salta. So clearly there's, you know, uh, appetite to build and, you know, acquire and, and build projects with, within Salta, San Juan, and a number of other provinces in Argentina. Okay. And um, I might just add that Beric are very aggressive here as well, uh, picking up projects. Barracks also in the Salta province, uh, so they have uh, an option on on a neighboring uh, property called El Cavar. So there, there's a number of opportunities there, and I'd say in terms of getting money out of the country, that certainly has not been an issue. I mean, this is not a new frontier um, by any stretch of the imagination. So you have well-established operations. You have Valadero that's been operating for 20, you know, plus years. Uh, Alambrera. I mean, there's a number of operations here. Uh, you have guys like Barrick, Newmont, Yamana, all have been operating there for, for well over a decade and have had no issues uh, with drawing money out of the country. So we, we don't see that as, as a real threat. Okay. How much money have you guys put into this project? Well, not the project, the company. Uh, so ourselves. So, well, since December, uh, so when Dave and myself took over, we've expanded the drill program a number of times. So as you mentioned, initially we had a 3,000 meter drill program. We expanded that to eight and now 13. So in total, we'll have about $4 million that we're spending uh, this year on exploration. Um, prior to that, uh, Abra Plata would have you know, spent money on exploration and, and putting out a PA as well. And then historically, as I mentioned, SSR and Barrick and others have invested over $40 million into the property. I meant you personally, how much money, how, how important is this to you? Oh, yeah, no, me personally, this is a significant fortune of my net worth. Um, so we have a very lean management team. Uh, so, you know, there, there's really only four of us uh, at the management level. So, you know, between management and the board, we own about 3% of the company. So myself, yeah, about 2 million shares that I purchased openly in, in the market and in financing. So, you know, at 30 cents a share, that's over $600,000. So it's it's a, definitely a very significant uh you know, investment uh, for management and board. Yeah, but uh, what did you buy them at? I guess that's what I'm asking. So how much did you actually put in yourself? Yeah. Uh, so I bought them, yeah, in the open market. I mean, at various price points, and some of those were Athon shares that I purchased in. So yeah, I don't have the average cost, but it was, you know, w these shares were not granted. I mean, I purchased them in the open market and participated in the placements. So I got them at the same levels as, you know, as most of our investors, I would say. Right. Okay. Okay. I actually bought some at 34 cents, which... Uh... <laughs> okay, John, well, look, uh, thank, and, and Dave, thanks very much for running through um, that nice introduction to uh, your business. But, you know, we we see each week lots of silver, gold plays coming on here and pretty much saying the same thing. So why should we be buying into your story instead of theirs? Sure. So I'd say there's a few different items that really differentiate us from, from a number of our peers. I mean, first and foremost, I think having a very strong shareholder base is, is clearly key. Um, so we have 40% of the shares held by really our, our three largest investors, which as we mentioned, Eric Sprott, Evolpius Minerals, and SSR Mining. 
So, you know, the, the shares are in very sticky hands, long-term supportive shareholder base. Uh, so 40% of the shares, you know, um, are, are really locked up for, for the time being. Uh, so we think that gives us obviously a great advantage. Uh, of course, being cashed up is, is critical for, for any exploration company where you don't have revenues, just knowing that, you know, um, we're not going to have to do a raise every time we, we announce uh, some control results here. I mean, we're, we're fully cashed up. And so we have one way ahead of us where we can just focus on executing, delivering on our goals of increasing the resource, coming out with an expanded economic study. Um, and so really, you know, uh, I think that's that's another checkbox that, that we tick off. Um, and finally, I'd say the asset itself is has been significantly de-risked. Um, you know, with that $40 million spent, there's an existing large resource base already. There's already an economic PA study available, uh, which works at, you know, $1,300 gold, like we mentioned. Uh, you get over 30% IRR. And so, um, you know, from that perspective, um, we're not, you know, this is not a high risk um, you know, relatively uh, not a high risk story where we're, we're not just trying to make a, an initial uh, discovery here. Uh, this is, you know, we're systematically trying to grow the resource, um, which we're currently, you know, executing on, I think very well. Um, and then looking to bring that into a, an updated uh, economic study by middle of next year. Okay, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate uh, you making time to tell us that story. So, John, Dave, best of luck for the rest of this year and whatever the beginning of next year holds for you. Pick up the phone when you've got um, something to say. I'd be delighted to take that phone call. Thank you. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, good luck with uh, life in, uh, in Cambridge. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.